You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. Welcome to the JCN Clinic podcast show. I'm Jessica. I'm Carissa. And today we have a special guest with us, Michelle, the lovely Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Hello, everyone. Hi. Thanks for having me on. We did give a little bit of a teaser about having Michelle on with us uh, in regards to our podcast last, or well, not last week, the week before, where Carissa and I discussed nutrition around exercise and we really wanted to dive a little deeper and bring on Michelle as a real expert in the training field. So do you want to start by just letting our listeners know a little bit about you? Yeah, sure. Um, So my name is Michelle. I currently live in Brisbane. Um, I work as an online female strength and nutrition coach and I work with ladies to help get them into the best shape of their lives. And I help them do that by coaching them through um, the principles of strength training and nutrition macro coaching. So um, it's a one-on-one based service and I work with ladies from all over the world. Love it, love it, love it, love it. We also know Michelle because she used to work with us at JCN Clinic. Um, and she is also studying nutrition. Where about whereabouts are you up to um, at the moment with your degree? Yeah, yeah. so I I'll be entering my final year in January. I'll be entering really in January. Yeah, I can't wait. Wow. Yeah. So anyone who doesn't know, I did start my my um, nutrition journey in the JCN clinic a few years ago with Carissa and Jess. It was amazing, <laughs> and uh, it's cool to be here. I can't believe that you're in your final year next year. I, that blows my mind. I know. I know. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a good selection of meaty questions today that we want to talk over with you. And we'll be discussing these questions um, to get your expertise. But we'll also be talking, myself and Chris, are about the nutritional aspects a little more where required so it'll be again a good deep dive from last podcast we did throw out a lot um of little q a boxes and we've had a fair bit of feedback there so at the end for anyone who is um listening to hear the answer to those questions we will cover that at the end of the podcast if not during um as we go through these questions so what we wanted to talk about first is we're using the word training so i know that's pretty broad but we're talking about the specifics of training for for women in particular today as far as lean muscle mass and and strength um it's probably well obviously here from from your um perspective but even from what we see in the jcn clinic it seems to be the most popular area when it comes to training as far as what women are after um would you say that's the case as far as those particular gains yes yeah absolutely so most 
women, I'd probably say every woman I speak to is looking to grow lean muscle mass. I think now, especially in today's society, we're all really aware that lean muscle mass is going to benefit us. Uh, we're no longer just you know picking up the light weights and doing heaps of cardio. People are now starting to understand the benefits of resistance training, how it is for women, and um, and the gains that we can get from that. So um, growing lean muscle mass, losing body fat, and getting toned are what I hear all the time. Yeah, right. Interesting. Yeah, it's um, it's certainly something again that I think as we work with clients and they're trying to kind of shift gears into that next stage, it it definitely is the most sort of popular aspect of of training. Um, so we wanted to talk about some of the common myths in this area, but I guess before we even go into that, are there? And I know this is such a big question on its own, but as far as the specifics in the area of women wanting to look at lean muscle mass and gaining a bit of strength like are there some are there some standouts uh, areas for you when you're working with clients to start to move down this track yeah yeah absolutely so one of the first things um that i do when i start working with someone and um, what i love doing as well is actually teaching people that less is often more um i really feel that we have been led down this path of high intensity training six or seven days a week um, and that go 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 um, if you take a day off you should feel bad about that or you might feel guilty about that what i try and do with my clients is i get them away from that mentality and move towards the training smarter not harder mm-hmm. and get them into the athlete mentality because in fact if you are training three or more times with intent per week you are considered an athlete you might not be a professional athlete <laughs> you are you are considered someone who's training for a purpose so i get to the root of the purpose with every client and go okay what do you want to achieve and it's very much about the result it's not about exercising for the sake of exercise we all know the benefits of exercise we all know we should be doing it Um, but what i do is i sit down and go okay what is the purpose behind this and where do we want to be in six or 12 months time and you know everyone's starting point will be different so everyone's journey length and everything will be different but i love showing people that less is more uh, training smarter not harder what we do is we actually reduce the frequency of training 99 percent of the time and train smarter we follow a structured tailored program based on strength training and um, i teach women how to train effectively how to slow down their reps and actually create stimulus because what we want to do with the weights we don't want just want to throw the weights around and do you know lots of reps and not put our muscles under stimulus we want to create stimulus we need to give the muscles something to respond to and that's the weights and to do that we need to train effectively so i teach people actually how to you know how to do their squats and deadlifts and push-ups effectively so that we're leaving the gym having created a stimulus Um, creating those little tiny micro tears in the muscle so that then we leave the gym take a day off and the muscle grows back stronger and then we come back into the gym a day or two later actually stronger and actually ready to progress in our sessions so it's not about just beating ourselves down for the sake of it it's about training with intent and purpose um, and being really mindful of our reps and making sure that there's so much in it but uh, Mm. making sure that our, our first reps look the same as our last reps and technique, technique is, is really important. Wow. Do, do you think that that would be the same across the board depending on someone's goals? Like I know we're talking about lean muscle mass and gaining strength, but would you say 
across the board that is probably the primary aspect of getting results? I would. I honestly would. Yeah. Like that, that's the principle of strength training. Okay. That's mm. the principle of, of growing lean muscle mass. So, so strength training and growing lean muscle mass to get stronger, we need more muscle tissue to lift yeah. the weight. So they kind of go hand in hand. And um, how do you know you're, you're growing lean muscle mass if you're getting stronger? Mm-hmm. How do we know we're getting stronger? We monitor and track our progress over time. So that's something I love doing as well. Everything that we do in every session is recorded. And uh, we record our sets and our reps. And then we're clearly able to see how are we going? Are we progressing? Um, if we're not progressing, why not? Um, but I always make sure that everyone is progressing because they train, you know, they follow a structured program and follows a smart training program. Um, but that's the principle. That is the principle of that our muscle growth. Um, if you're going in and doing like high intensity, a lot of cardio, you actually risk um, putting yourself in a highly stressed catabolic state. And you could lead, that could lead to breaking down lean muscle mass rather than building it up. So building it up does require strength training, good technique, following a structured program over time. It's not very sexy or shiny, <laughs> but that's it's as simple as following their basics and doing them right time and time again. So without smashing certain types of training, because I know there's a lot of people out there doing them, like let's just talk about like, um, like F45 is probably the most common thing that comes to mind, but that is that, you know, like like but let's just talk about that high intensity interval training like can you just explain to people the difference because i know i've had i've had this discussion with a lot of my clients and i and i definitely try and explain the difference between doing three good functional weight sessions a week with someone like yourself versus five or six functional high intensity sessions that don't focus on form and technique and because I think the the confusion lies in the fact that, and I've done this myself, like we've all done it. You and I even talked about this when you first started studying. Remember, we, we were such cardio junkies, you and I, and we never have rest days. <laughs> you know, and I just, I've just learned even through my own injury, my back injury, how important rest days are and strength training. And there's just so much that we've learned over the last, you know, five to seven years of just looking after the female body and everything. But I think the biggest confusion comes down to like I have so many clients that are doing high intensity interval training and they're like but I do lift weights and I do do all of that so why can't I get the benefits of both so without I know you probably kind of have explained it a bit in the sense that you know it's obviously slowed down it's structured it focuses on technique but I think I don't even know what my question was there but <laughs> without like <laughs> like making those types of training sound not bad but just how they're not as beneficial for the female body and I think that's yeah um, not know what the question is there but just kind of differentiate what they're doing with weights versus what you're trying to explain women should be doing yeah absolutely and i think this is so important because this is what's out there and this is what i talk to people about all the time so um going to classes like that like is fantastic i think everything has its place there is a great social aspect to those kinds of classes and for someone maybe new to training and getting into a routine it's, it's a great place it really is i know i started there carissa we've been to classes mm. um my fitness journey definitely started in classes because i wasn't confident to go into the weights area myself same yeah and i absolutely love I, I absolutely loved the functional weight classes and the type of training that i've done but i did set myself up for injury as we know <laughs> so, yeah. as well but yeah but yeah I definitely think it's a great place to start but then I do feel like you 
hit a point where you don't see results. Like you definitely, you definitely lean down and build a bit of muscle initially. This is just my journey and everyone's might be a bit different, but you don't kind of get that next level of, of strength and body fat percentage decrease unless you kind of get more into the realm of training that you're doing, I find. Yeah, and this, and this is why I'm doing it, I guess. I'm taking the time to work one-on-one with ladies because it does take that time to to give everyone their tailored programs. But I think um, training, you know, five or six days a week, doing those classes, um, people are going in with the mentality of burning calories. Um, personally, that's what I think, and that's what I've heard from people out there. They're like, okay, I want to, at the end of the day, yes, we want to get toned, and that means building lean muscle, but also people are looking to drop some body fat. Um, just to distinguish, I think a lot of people are still saying, I want to lose weight, but really what we want to do when we're losing weight is just lose the body fat. We don't want to lose anything else. Um, we want to keep that lovely lean muscle mass so that we do have that toned and athletic look. But by going and doing these high intensity classes, um, yes, you may be burning a lot of calories, but if you're doing them back to back day to day, you're not giving your body the time to recover. Okay, mm-hmm. so recovery is so important. This is a huge one. And, and one of the first learnings that I teach all of the girls that come on board, um, treat yourself like an athlete. Look at the professional athletes. They have off seasons. They work really hard when they're supposed to work and then they do take time off as well. And we go in, we create that stimulus. We give the body something to respond to. Like I often say to the girls, I want you leaving the gym knowing that you, you put a dent in your muscle. Like you've really <laughs> given it something to respond to. <laughs> And then we come out and let our body relax and recover. And that means taking some time off. Um, Burning calories then, if you want to burn calories to lose fat, and what we do is we manipulate your nutrition and your lifestyle overall. We don't go into the gym to burn calories. We actually Mm. go into the gym and focus on muscle getting strong, muscle getting strong. I'm not looking to go into the gym to to burn calories. Mm. And I think that's so interesting because... Like I, I know like even just with certain types of training that I've done more in the, the group classes and stuff, but there's such a focus on, especially amongst the women, not so much the men I'm going to say, but especially amongst the women of how many, and I know just even the difference between my sister and I doing the same type of training, like her focus is to smash herself so hard in those sessions five days a week. If she doesn't mm. crack 450 calories in one of those sessions, she, she's not happy. Like she's, you know, and I just think, and that obviously like in our, you know, late twenties and our thirties, I think that was kind of like, wasn't for me, it wasn't always about calories, but it was definitely about smashing my body. Like you have that mentality as a female, if you're not flogging yourself, then you're not going to get the results mm-hmm. that you want. And mm-hmm. even just having that conversation with my clients. And then as we age as a female, like the female body doesn't, as we get older, respond to that type of training, the more in high intensity flogging yourself like we start to see like you talk about it from a catabolic state with you know just muscles breaking down and stuff like that from the cardio mixed with the weights and too much of it but jess and i were talking about in our last podcast the actual like biochemical breakdowns that start or biochemical dysfunction that starts mm. to happen when you know the adrenals are pissed off and they piss off the thyroid <laughs> yeah yeah, absolutely it's all connected yeah and what i see a lot of is people because we've all heard of a calorie deficit now okay people are saying okay i want to lose body fat mm-hmm. so i'll put myself into a calorie deficit and i have had this conversation with so many people where they're they are doing that by themselves they're not really sure the best way to go about that they might be following a fad diet or something they've heard and then they're still putting themselves through five or six day a week training mm-hmm. high intensity and without enough fuel and without enough recovery time the body simply doesn't have enough time to grow lean muscle and even retain lean muscle mm, exactly yeah 
they've actually done studies to show that um, people who who go through that high intensity um, training and those who focus on three or four intense strength training sessions a week and put them into calorie deficits and those who do the high intensity lose more weight from lean muscle tissue than Mm, body fat interesting interesting yeah can can you also speak to as far as far as this topic still and um the concept of i guess myths i think it's really important to define what you mean too when we talk about these rest periods not so much. I know you're talking about having like actual rests, maybe like having some time off. But if you're looking at a typical week where you're training, um, say, three times a week with these sessions you're talking about on a inverted commas sort of like rest day, what does that actually look like to to work for your body? Because I know from again, from the clients that we see um that can vary from what people think is rest versus obviously walking, yoga, going for a light run. Like what, what would you say in regards to what actually a rest day equates to? Yeah, great, uh, great question. So um, it can vary for the individual and I do have this conversation a lot with clients. Um, for me personally, a rest day will look like a long walk. Mm-hmm. Um, or or a short walk depending on the time and, and what my day is looking like but it will just mean some fresh air outside that could be by myself with a podcast music or a friend um just walking okay it's a form of actual recovery i honestly feel that walking is one of the most underrated forms Yay! of exercise <laughs> yeah. i say this to all my clients i'm like if you can just even just when they're starting out they're like oh walking it's not doing anything for me especially people that have got chronic fatigue and they i can't get them to go and do the type of sessions you're talking about yet because their bodies just metabolically are not up to it mm. and i'm just and they're just like well i need to go and do this type of training or like they want to go back into high intensity training i'm like if we can just get you walking five days a week doesn't have to be just do not underestimate the power of that and then we'll move you into two strength training sessions a week and yeah yeah and the thing is it compounds over time no after two or three days you might not feel a difference from walking Mm. but give that you know two or three days a week every week for two months you know add that up and it really does compound over time so what i am also trying to put out there is that i want people to get into the long-term mindset rather than the six week or the 12 week mindset Mm -hmm. let's think where are we going to be in six years 12 years all of my clients know i I constantly say we're going to be lifting weights until we're 90. We're playing the long-term game. What's the rush so true. as well? Okay, so let's just make this a habit. Let's make this a lifestyle. Um, on rest days, walking is is what I definitely um, advocate for. But if you do love yoga, um, what I look at is maybe a yin yoga, maybe a slower mm. type of yoga. Um, I do have clients who, um, because they're all only in the gym three times a week, three, maybe four, some of them four times, but three or four times a week, they have then time to go and do other hobbies such as, you know, play an hour of tennis a week socially with their friends. Um, badminton, I've got people doing pottery, uh, frisbee, you know, so something that they love and something that's more social. And because they have the strength foundation built up there, they can mm-hmm. go and enjoy that. They have the energy to do that. And um, so it could be walking their dog or it could be um, playing a social game sport. It really mm. depends on, on the individual. Awesome. That's super helpful. I even know I can sort of speak to that a little bit to myself when I made some changes years and years ago. Um, yeah. I started using a online uh, an, an app at the time and I was never a walker like I was like why would you walk when you can run because I've always been a runner like since I was a kid but I, I forced myself to start integrating walking 
and it was a game changer. Like in, I'll tell you what, in lots of ways, like from a training perspective and as you said, from the accumulation of years and years of changing the way I trained, but also like mental health wise as well. Just the aspect of getting out there and going for beautiful long walks in the sunshine. Um, yeah, yeah it's pretty That's amazing. That's a really good point actually that you bring up running, Jess, because I do have people who come to me and I used to be, I used to love running. I used to do mm. a lot of running, especially when I first moved here. Um, people can still run. So if you love your Sunday morning run, mm. absolutely. That's yeah, your, your that. thing. You do that. Um, what I try and um, ensure is that as long as your strength training is not being impacted by all of your running, yeah. that's completely fine. So just finding that balance. Um, it might be through two or three strength training sessions, one long run, and then the rest walking for active recovery. And mm-hmm. um, the reason I usually advocate for walking as well, it's easier to do and requires less recovery time as well. So you don't need to run if you don't want to run. You can just walk and it's absolutely not a waste of time. What I would say is to people is just get out there. And like anything when it comes to health, body composition, nutrition, it requires patience, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so just absolutely for the long term. I think the interesting thing too is just even like, knowing each other for so many years and just watching us all do different types of training. Like I remember Jess, when you got into your app training that you were talking about and doing a lot more, Mm -hmm. I think, was it strength training that you're doing through the app? Yes. Strength, strength and also more like it was functional training with, with strength, but it was very specific. It was shorter periods because I was like one of those people just going into the gym throwing weights around not really knowing what i was doing whereas this gave me real direction and purpose and, your whole and it, body shape changed yeah. over i remember yeah. like and yeah i just remember that because obviously i'd known you for a fair few years before you started doing that and definitely like i remember us talking about it one day and you're like it's this app and just having targeted <laughs> training and <laughs> awesome that's so good jess yeah and you told me that as well and we spoke about that and that's amazing and it's because you were consistent with that for such a long period of time yeah. and you had the direction and the guidance yeah there yeah and you were the same michelle as well though because i remember you know your whole your whole we've watched your body remember when we had all the jokes about bulking season michelle yeah. when she started her training she did still all bulking. Still bulking. But like you leaned right down with cardio and 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 weights properly and just like with this machine and now you're bulking and building lean muscle mass that's you still yeah i remember we had those jokes about bulking season but literally that's what you were doing yeah and look honestly um when i look back at that time and look back at those photos i was lifting weights absolutely growing lean muscle and i was so happy with that but i was also very active cardio wise yeah, you're doing massive I know there was November, so we were running crazy kilometers for that. And it was a very busy time of my life as well with different things going on. So um, looking back at that, now I realize that I was actually probably putting myself into that stress state Mm. and not giving myself time to recover properly and grow and get stronger. I was not getting stronger. That's the thing. I was in the same weights. Um, So now that I've understood that, taken some time and look being honest it is kind of daunting it is daunting taking that step back and going oh i'm just going for a walk it doesn't feel like mm-hmm. much but actually as you said jess mental health wise um it's so important and if we're thinking long term we want our bodies to be able to continue this until we're 90 yeah. so we need to protect them look after them on those days for as well. sure so let's move on that sort of flows well into this next area which i think we'll talk about nutrition a fair bit too but training with respect to the monthly cycle for women. We talked a bit about this last podcast, 
but really keen to hear from your perspective, working with women so much, how you think about training in a cycle fashion or when you know women may need to, or, or do you? I don't even know. I'm just like curious to see whether it's something you work with for women because we, we talked about that um, with respect to nutrition and what we would um, suggest to even from an exercise perspective. Yeah, great. Yeah, great question. That's so important. So I do make sure we're tracking our cycles. Um, the girls track their cycles on an app and then we we also share, share documents where I can see their cycles um, and we follow that. So really what I suggest when it comes to training on your cycle, I actually suggest finding what works for you because I know, you know, a cycle is typically 28 to 32 days long, but not everyone is the same. So if I, can, mm -hmm. I can't really give generic rules and say, everybody on day 14, I want yes. you to take a rest day, yeah. you know? So um, it's really about finding what works for you and tracking that over time. So firstly, tracking the data and going, okay, this is the week of my menstruation. Um, let's follow on from there. Um, I think as well, there's a big myth out there. People think people often come to me and they say, um, okay, I need to take that week off. Not necessarily because I know our hormones are at their lowest when we're actually having our menstruation. So you might find that, yes, you might want to take um, day one and two off, but day three, four onwards, you might mm. be really strong. Personally, that's what I find. So mm. um, it's about listening to your body. And a lot of women that come to me may have never tracked their cycle before. They've never um, been really in tune with their body before. So that's something I love bringing to them and actually going, look, we have this superpower. We can use these hormones to, in our favor, let's get in tune with that and work with it. And um, typically for myself, after ovulation, I know my body temperature is higher and I know in the gym, I am much sweatier, <laughs> <laughs> like just, just much warmer. But I find I'm a lot stronger at that time as well. And um, not everyone feels that. Mm, so I never tell people to, to take a week off for whatever reason if you feel you need the week off because of your own physiology no problem we'll just reschedule it to the next week so i guess the point i want to make is that it's very individual and there is no problem in taking a week off here and there what i like to say to the girls is that there's 52 weeks in a year and not even professional athletes train 52 weeks of the year we can't be training every single week so deloads are part of the program and I will often schedule a deload for someone, which means basically taking a week off from the gym, um, or they might be going on holidays and that will be their deload week naturally. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, with the cycle, um, I don't have any rules specifically. It's about um, making sure you're aware of what time of the month it is for you and how your body feels. And if you feel you need to pull back, absolutely pull back. We'll just wait until the next, the next week. I also think too, like I always chat to my clients, obviously I don't go into the training side of it like you do. And we chatted, Jess and I did chat about this in the last one. Like I, yeah, like it's definitely about listening to your body as a female and what works. I just, I always say to people too, like, and if this is probably more so for any of your clients, maybe listening to this as yeah. well, but like you don't necessarily, if, if you need to take a week off training, it doesn't mean you need to take a week off moving. Cause I think, Literally, which yeah. is what I say like if you don't feel like you have a strength session in you or whatever kind of work is like I know definitely the week leading up and the first day or two I'm I definitely have less endurance is probably the way to put it so I'll just walk and go for light like light bike rides but I think movement is still so important because mm -hmm. I think your body's doing some big hormonal shifts then and detoxing and allowing your liver and gut to do that efficiently really requires movement um, mm -hmm. movement is a big part of that and same with like obviously that's when women feel at their 
most mental healthy in that PMS PMS stage. And just sometimes, like you said before, getting out and going for a mm. walk and breathing in some air and being in the sunshine is some of the best things you can do just for even PMS, like just that movement and even period pain. Like I'm a big one for rather than getting up in the morning with period pain and just taking a Panadol, and this is obviously for people that don't suffer extreme period pains. I know I've got those clients as well, but I know when I wake up in the morning of my period, I'll just chuck, chuck my earphones in and go for a walk. And just even that movement is sometimes enough to, to subside the pain. You don't need to rely on painkillers. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I guess the, the mentality that I teach my clients is if you're not in the gym that day, if you don't have a uh, scheduled training program or you're, you're readjusting your schedule to suit, um, definitely get out for a walk and be active that day. If yeah. you can. Yeah. 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 I think movement is medicine. Movement, it's yeah. Definitely, we won't we won't um, rehash last podcast, but I definitely think you have reiterated what we were talking about with respect to knowing your body. You know, this is all about getting to know your body and how it responds to training, but also how that works with your cycle. So the fact that you're, yeah, saying to women, track your cycle, know where you're at, know your body, and even the way you said about yourself, how you feel in that phase from ovulation onwards versus how the next person might feel. It's about how you feel. It's not about this is, you know, oh, Michelle does this and it works for her. It's like, no, what works for you? How do you feel? And, yeah. and listening um, ultimately to, to what's right for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if you're doing this over the long term, we're only going to improve your overall health, right? So you're going to learn to be able to adapt and deal with these times of the month a little bit easier as well. So um, tracking is key and being consistent. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Thanks, Coach Michelle. (laughs) (laughs) So we we actually talked about this a little bit already, but I want to expand more into aging. So we talked about the benefits as far as resistance training to a point um, there's probably a few more we could touch on there but I really wanted to talk about the benefits of this type of resistance training strength training as we age and we talked about this a little bit um, in that other podcast but can you again from your perspective um, tell us what what you see and, and and what you see as far as benefits yeah, absolutely. So we know, obviously, resistance training is going to build lean muscle mass. And mm-hmm. um, females, as we age, and I know once we hit menopause, um, our bone density, so our bone density is at risk of osteoporosis and not being as strong. Well, starting strength training, you can start at any age, of course. But starting strength training before you hit menopause is better because it just offers that protective effect for your bones. And um, as you get older, um, you know, we want to be stronger as we get into our old age the same with um, muscle lean muscle mass so we're obviously going to be at risk of losing lean muscle as we get older so making sure we have plenty of lean muscle there to help to protect us as we go into old age and um, i also see as well in some of my clients who may be in the perimenopause stage the confidence and the self-esteem that strength training gives them yes in, which leads into other areas of their life mm-hmm. as well but the confidence and the self-esteem to be able to wear what they feel comfortable in and to be able to take up space in the gym as an older mature female (laughs) and it makes me so proud so that but also the like lean muscle is protective right so it's going to help protect us as we as we get older as we age and in terms of bone density lean muscle mass and as we yeah go on past menopause so so true like even just maintaining if you get into jess and i were talking about this last time i think this is where we got into talking about you was like well last time with the last podcast it's just 
the sooner you start this type of training and the certain the more you know the the easier not going to say the easier these transition years fast females are going to be but like it's you know like if you start your strength training in your 30s your perimenopause years which essentially start in your late 30s early 40s your perimenopause years like that decade to 15 years of the transition into menopause you, you're doing yourself so many favors, not just mm. from a, you know, like a bone protective point of view, you're doing yourself so many favors from a, an insulin resistant point, an insulin resistance point of view and a cardiometabolic point of view. Like, obviously, like there's, this is not new news to everyone that the more, you know, um, body fat you carry and the type of body fat you carry compared to the lean muscle mass that you have either sets you up or does not set you up for certain health disease states mm. later in life. So it's, it is, it's for so many reasons that lean muscle mass and strength training and body fat composition really does matter beyond the physique. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. What you have there. Yeah. We all know that body fat is a little bit more inflammatory. So reducing that is only going to help us, but um, also the, the mental health as well, you know, giving people, a- oh, yeah, just feeling good. Oh, exactly. 100%. It, it's hard, right? You, yeah. you, you're going into resistance training. You're putting yourself up against resistance. So there is a mental aspect to that, you know, pushing through those last few reps and um, i give my client strategies to deal with that because we want to make sure we're creating that stimulus so that in itself can really help us as we um as we get older as well and realize we're not fragile little things we're actually more stronger than we think we are warriors <laughs> exactly um i did have a question i wanted to ask i can't remember if it was in our little layout of things but i think this is one that i think is sitting a bit close personally to me but i know it does sit with a lot of clients at the moment and i want to just and i know this is probably more a question for gaz your wonderful husband as well but i want to just touch on like injury give phone a friend <laughs> <laughs> I just want to touch on injuries as we age because I think the thing that I find stressful for me at the moment but I do know is stressful for a lot of my clients is when you have this like let's just we'll just use my back as an example at the moment but where you actually can't get into a gym and strength train and for the last six months like that's something I haven't been able to do and it's something I have done most of my life you know like gym work and stuff like that so and I've and I think I get asked this by a lot of clients too who have, you know, back injuries and things like that or, you know, knee injuries or they've had knee reconstructive surgeries and then getting back into training is a bit harder. Like just in the injury space, like, and obviously our goal is all to get back into the gym and do strength training and all of that. But where else can we sit in the strength training space and feel like we're doing ourselves a, a service as opposed to a disservice? So, for example, like I know I've got a lot of people that do pilates and that's something i've recently started myself and with more the intent that it is strength training style pilates but also working on building up all those muscles again so i can eventually get back in and do gym work but how do you like just with people like say like me who are like i would love to be doing three strength training sessions a week but i can't what are our options in like your eyes sort of a thing to just say well look you're still going to get benefits if you're doing x y and z to a degree or something Mm. Yeah, yeah, great question. It's so common. Um, so firstly, again, one of the benefits of having lean muscle tissue there is that it's going to help prevent injury. Okay, mm-hmm. you're just going to be stronger as as a whole. But once an injury comes, we do want to get away from the mentality of oh, now I can't do anything and I must 
just sit so definitely walking as we said that's yeah. going to be um, amazing for you and then finding out what is within your capability so maybe it is a pilates class and pushing yourself in the pilates class and there may be some rehabilitation that you need to do and follow you know a bit of a program there and sticking with the program this is the thing it's it's the patience and um, rehabilitation is often more difficult than a normal training program because you're working hard to repair something so i think that's um kind of a mindset shift that some people um have um finding what you can do again movement is medicine so there will always be something you can do if it's um your leg or your knee perhaps we could train upper body at home with some dumbbells mm. if it's your back perhaps it's um training something else with dumbbells so a lot of people now have you know home gym setups which is amazing so yes i can work around injuries with people um in order to get them back to where they were and it's about again it's very individual so yeah. staying active and doing the pilates that sounds amazing carissa so doing what you can and um, during this time while you're rebuilding yourself is sounds really great mm-hmm. and i think that's the biggest thing like i said to a lot of my clients would even just have a chat with friends like like you just like i think not and i'm not saying don't use injuries as excuses because i think I like all of us have had injuries to a degree of the thing, but it's, it's exactly just pushing through and finding what works for you. Like I've tried a million things over the last six months to find, and I <laughs> just like, I'm like, I'm not giving up. I will move. But you know, there was a time where I could only walk a K and that's yeah. all I could do, but I would still do that because it's movement. And hopefully, yeah, like the Pilates that you're talking about is this type of place I'm doing where it's rehabilitation Pilates and it's strength, right. strength focused. And mm. yeah, but it's just, I do get asked a lot, from clients like is pilates just enough and i'm like well one pilates class a week if you're doing nothing else no mm. like you've got it i'd say to people that like, we want to be trying to trying to move on the daily in some way shape or form right so yeah, but do you agree with that something's Absolutely. better than nothing too sorry to interrupt but <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> But I just, you know, it's just that concept of like something is still better than nothing. Like I think yeah. just the only thing I would say is that particularly <laughs> from a lock, being in lockdown perspective, myself and so many other people that I know you both would work with in like long lockdowns, it's still a choice that you make. Like whether you're talking about um, injuries, yes, um, so depending great. on the strength, you know, the yeah. intensive injuries, like you said, but you know, there, there are, there has been a lot of roadblocks, but it's still a choice. You can like make decisions, whether it is a walk in your 5k zone or like Michelle mentioned, like some stuff that you get at home, um, you know, or even just using your own body as a body weight. Like there's, there's, yes. there's aspects out there that you can take on and you can do. And I just think that comes down to attitude and mindset yeah huge hugely yeah i think lockdown has really shown us all all around the world that um, you don't actually need a gym especially in the short to medium term you can still make gains and continue your strength training at home with what you have so um yeah no excuses yeah, I love it. I'm a bit like that as well i try not to be too cutthroat with my clients and they're like i just don't want to move and i'm like you, you actually have to. Like, well, it's just no yeah. way out of this. It's yeah, like we're trying to. So it is yeah. like finding something that you love um, and sticking with it, persistent, yeah. even and if it's a walk. And there will be days when I don't feel like going for my walk, but I know it's going to make the rest of my day so much better. 100%. Like even yesterday I woke up and I 
obviously first week back from holidays everyone's on struggle street i woke up yesterday like i was like a chronic fatigue lead weight getting out of bed <laughs> and i was like because i always take zaybug down the waterfront in the morning we do a half an hour of her just walking around sniffing i call it her rehab time so she's just feeling safe in an outside environment <laughs> so we do half an hour of watching the signs jess is just rolling fucking eyes right now <laughs> Jess is like your fucking dog. <laughs> so we do our we go and watch the sunrise together, don't we, darling? Oh, she anyway, <laughs> she's just right here, guys, in case you want. Of course she is. <laughs> anyway, and then yeah, and I was like, I could have just done nothing and just made breakfast and sat down at my computer desk and just started work early. But I was like, nah, and I just chucked my helmet on, which is what I love to do, and I just go for a big bike ride and Felt, yeah, and just like mm. you said, like sometimes you don't want to, but you feel so much better for it if you do. You just push through that initial mental res- resistance of I'm tired, I don't want to, and just get your ass moving. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So we talked about earlier also rest and recovering the importance of that, but can we talk about, which is sort of flipping to the other side of what we've been um, discussing, <laughs> signs of overtraining, which is very important. What are some really common typical signs that you see? Yeah, this is actually a great question. Thanks, Jess. So signs of overtraining, there's so many. Um, I would say the most common one that I see with my clients is if they're going into the gym and they cannot lift to the same extent that they normally would, they're, they can only lift maybe 50% of their usual load. That's a huge sign that your nervous system um, just needs a recovery. Because remember, when we are in the gym and lifting the weights, we are challenging our nervous system. Um, time and time again so that's what needs them the rest and recovery time you might feel physically fine and you might think oh i can move i've got no pain i can go in but our nervous system needs those days off when we're putting them through the compound lifts like the deadlifts and the squats so um yeah under training i guess or not being able to lift our usual load is a huge one um waking up tired when that's not normal for us Hmm. that's a sign that we want to either reduce caffeine or yeah take some time off as well yeah. <laughs> um, a muscle soreness that is not going away after the, the usual two or three days mm. that's hanging around for a while um, that's a sign as well that you want to maybe step back and then sleep if your sleep is being impacted so if you're not being able to sleep you're kind of restless um, you're kind of too high in the fight or flight state which mm, brings that down and that's a sign of overtraining as well yeah and from our perspective we see a lot of disruption as Carissa said earlier, with that HPA axis. So a lot of the symptoms you just said nervous system wise, but then we'll see for women um, disruption of cycle is a really common one, um, you know, huge. And But it's definitely so much else, but digestively, I've definitely see clients, again, see more digestive issues from overtraining, but it would go back to what you were saying as far as that, um, nervous system being overstimulated. They're too in that sympathetic dominance. They're not in that nice parasympathetic, which is so nurturing for digestion. So, yeah, yeah. The, the systems of the body really start to scream at you and tell you that something's awry. And it's so important to listen to that. Yeah, definitely. And um, one thing I really want to highlight as well in all of this stress levels and sleep are huge. Um, and they're as, I think they're as important to track as your menstrual cycle if I'm honest, like mm. track your sleep. I love now that most people have like a smart watch or something that tracks their sleep. So I actually get girls to send that information to me and we actually look at your deep sleep 
REM sleep and go, okay, are you waking up feeling recovered? How many mm-hmm. hours are you getting? Is it consistent? Um, and then stress management techniques. So if you have a really, really stressful lifestyle, maybe three sessions a week isn't right for you right now. It's about adjust, adjusting to the individual and, and going from there. So stress and sleep as well. Yeah, it's a goodie. So our last area before we get on to these questions is more back to nutrition. So we want to talk a little bit about eating as far as macros go for muscle growth and fat loss. We discussed this a little last time, but really interesting because we know this is something you love doing and are really passionate about. Um, So could you just speak a little bit to that? And I know it's a big area, but just some of the sort of main points that you see need to be worked on for women that they may not realize. Yeah, sure, sure. I do love this area. Um, So protein. Mm-hmm. let's just go there <laughs> um, the first thing I work on with people actually um, apart from all the mindset shifts is the protein um, typically um, very very commonly people will come to me and they're just not getting enough protein I wasn't getting enough protein until I got informed myself so it's not something that we naturally do when we are training with weights two or three times a week we do need an increase in protein to build and retain our lean muscle mass but that's effectively what it's made of right the muscle protein synthesis so we do need an abundance there um the rda actually i've just learned this in endeavor um because i'm doing the pre-clinic subjects the rda is 0.8 grams mm. of protein oh, wow. kilo yeah and i was like i said this to my supervisor i can't wait for clinic next year it's gonna be so much fun. <laughs> um, i was saying like so 100 kilo person they only require 80 grams of protein per day it's just so low and they have no problem getting that and um, but increasing that is where i i coach people on um, and so what i do is studies have shown that doubling that is actually more beneficial and optimal for both building lean muscle retaining the lean muscle and then losing body fat as opposed to muscle mm-hmm. so it's really really important when we are you know going through um calorie deficits or looking to lose a bit of body fat um we want to make sure that we keep all that lovely lean muscle tissue to help us get stronger in the gym and to help us get that toned look and to do that protein is going to be your best friend so typically i will double the rda which is I bring it up to 1.6 grams per kilo of body weight but depending on the individual i'll put that up to uh, between 1.6 and 2.2 and um, grams per kilo of body weight so that's a lot more protein mm. that someone may be eating without tracking and their- i th- I was just going to say, just to give everyone an idea what that looks like in grams, like I think I think we did chat about this. A little bit, but it'd be good to bring up, yeah. For me, like let's just say I was up sitting up around that higher percentage when I, you know, when I'm training and stuff like that, like that's almost 120 plus grams of protein. And that is fucking hard to hit people. Like Mm. I even I know even though I've got a couple of your clients who you coach that I've seen for gut stuff and all the things. And I've had chats with a few of them, they're like, How do I get this? without going you know just living like a carnivore and stuff so we obviously use a lot of plant-based protein powders and i know you track their food and stuff as well and oversee all of that so i usually know they're in really good hands if they were with some other trainers or something i'd probably be like i need to see your food (laughs) but i know like if they're seeing you i'm pretty i'm very very happy that their nutrition is taken care of but like 120 grams of protein just even as a baseline is hard for someone to hit Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It can be, especially in the initial stages when they're new to it. It's like, wow, okay, that's roughly 30 grams of protein per meal. You know, mm-hmm. I have my three meals and snacks. Um, and yes, it does take time and effort at the beginning. Like any new skill, you have to put a little bit more thought and energy into it at the beginning. But once that becomes your new normal and you start to feel the benefits from it, mm-hmm. people are often eating more than that just just naturally. Um, benefits from increasing your protein i've had people come to me and say oh suddenly my nails are growing my hair is mm, exactly i've got more energy we have yeah. this abundance of protein in our body to use it for not only lean muscle but all of the other you know, the growth and repair that it's required for as well the neurotransmitter synthesis everything else as you know girls that it's required for and then extra for lean muscle mass so that we can continue to have energy function properly and feel good and so that's why I actually start with protein because I find it so important. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you, you, your protein target could be anywhere from 100 to 200 grams, mm-hmm. depending on you as an individual. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's so important and it's really, really interesting topic. And I think a lot of women just naturally aren't even hitting yes. that in general, let alone what they're doing with their training. And um, I think even for a lot of listeners that would listen to the JCM show who might be in that sort of vegan vego space um you know it's a whole nother ball game we see that with with clients too and it's totally achievable it's still achievable it's but totally it's understanding achievable. what it takes to make that up it's not just yeah. a sprinkle of lentils on a salad you know <laughs> yeah, exactly and it is totally achievable and mm. once people realize that they go oh okay um i just need to um, be aware of it and maybe plan in advance and make this my new normal. Um, for vegetarians or even vegan clients, I would typically get them, getting them eating a little bit higher even because of the different sources of protein and, and making sure that it's complete sources throughout the day. Mm-hmm. So um, that's just for more vegan-based clients. But yeah, it's, it is absolutely possible, um, especially now with all the lovely um, protein powders out there as well that can help. Mm-hmm. So should we- that's really important too, like, just now that we're starting to touch on, I know Jess and I talked about this in the last one as well, but just, I think we're starting to kind of see, hopefully everyone's starting to see from our chat that it's not just going into training and expecting results or taking on a a diet or lifestyle and expecting a certain amount of results. Like if you want to go into really structured, tailored training, like you have to do the diet work with it and you have to make the commitment long-term to do it. And even just, take training out of the equation for a second, but even just chatting then about like, you know, just what protein requirements are needed if you're on, if you are more plant-based, let's just say more plant-based because a lot of us are these days. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, like we might not be, you know, we might not be hundred percent vegetarian or vegan, but a lot of us do predominantly like to eat a more plant-based diet, but there, there does come the more you choose that way for whatever your reasons are. I know we all do. You still have to be really aware of your protein requirements for your health. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And and, you know, and I think that's where a lot of people, yeah, like it's it's important no matter what we do and no matter what decision we choose for our lifestyle, whether it be training, food, anything like that, like it comes with, it's got to come with a mindset and, and uh, wanting to do it properly, I think is the, what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I agree. M- mindset is everything. That's for sure. And um, if we're looking for a change our mindset generally has to change doesn't it you know we kind of need to Uh, um first of all i would say get ready for the long term play the long term game be patient and have the growth mindset Mm -hmm. and look for those areas to change yeah so should we finish off with some of these questions um i know i think 
you got bombarded a little bit on your end, Carissa, but I don't know whether we've covered some of them. Maybe while you have a look, I've got one here. Um, that I ready, Michelle. Take so, the hot seat, baby. Uh, <laughs> I'm here. So, <laughs> I'm ready to be ejected anytime soon. <laughs> this lovely lady was saying, "I'm at, this is I, I gave uh, Michelle a little heads up early because it was a goodie. Um, I'm severely underweight, but love to exercise and find it difficult to sleep if I don't. I recently started going on long walks instead of running and weight training because I thought walking would burn less calories. I've lost even more weight." What is the best exercise for underweight women in order to gain muscle and fat? This is fantastic question and how amazing. I love to hear it. I love to hear um, sometimes the opposite of what we hear a lot in society that we're actually Mm -hmm. trying to gain weight. Um, Bulking season, Carissa and I are. I am actually personally in a bulking season. I am actually trying, I'm eating in a small surplus at the moment and I absolutely love it because it is the opposite of what we hear all the time. It's a different mm, narrative. Exactly. To rolling muscle mass, there has to be something there for it to grow from. So that's a whole other. I just love bulking season. It's just had me in hysterics since she first said it a few years ago. <laughs> But coming back to your question, yes, I would highly recommend strength training and strength training, again, finding the the, um, the quantity. It's quantity, quality yes, over quantity. Exactly. So two or three times a week of a structured program. And a structured program means your training sessions are set for you. So you're going in and you're rinsing and repeating, essentially, but you're you're tracking everything so that you know you're progressing over time again it's not sexy we're not going in to have a new training program thrown at us every single time it's day one let's do day one it's day two let's do day two and we practice that over time and so i would recommend the resistance training but also coupled with nutrition Mm. for that individual and look at their overall energy needs and discuss okay if if we're trying to gain we do need to be in a small surplus Mm. so figure out where that surplus range is for that individual and and go from there yeah. And that was the thing from our point of view nutritionally, as soon as I read that, it's like one thing is exercise, but which is really important, what type of exercise, but how are you nourishing your body each day as far as like your intake of food, eating times around exercise, what your macros look like, like all of that nutrition to marry with those goals is so integral and a lot of women like we've discussed already don't understand how much they need to be consuming with those different macro splits or what it looks like to put the body in more of a surplus let alone this woman's nervous system it's interesting she's talking about like the need for it to help her sleep like is she overstimulated is her hpa axis again dysfunctioning yeah i was gonna say is she is there thyroid issues like there's 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 questions that it raises as well. It's not always just as as simple as she may feel um, yes. in regard to just like I need to change my training. Yeah, I think I think too. Like just coming back, I think a lot of and this is what I definitely see, and, and I know you girls would as well. Like I have a lot of women who swear they are eating enough, and I'm like, you're bloody not. Like <laughs> you are not eating. <laughs> you are not eating enough to be training four to five times a week running around after a few small kids and running a business and going to work like you're eating probably three quarters or half of what you should be eating and you know and I think 
you know, like that's a big thing too when people say to me, like, I, I just eat, feel like I eat so much. And I'm like, you're actually not like, you know, not in a bad way, but all it, like what Jess was saying before, it's not nutritionally balanced or nutritionally dense. Like a big, you know, like a, a beautiful big salad that's got fuck all protein and maybe a bit of sweet potato in it. Yes, it looks like a massive ordeal mm. on a plate, but it really just is a big salad with not much, you know, macronutrient nutrition in there. So sometimes it's, really reshaping how people put meals together also how many times they're eating across a day and exactly what you were saying like what are your actual baseline energy requirements like because mm-hmm. sometimes it's a lot more like it's a lot more than what people think it is just even without adding training into it yeah, yeah absolutely and that's one of my favorite things to do is to teach and explain to someone what their energy requirements are as an individual and yeah if we add training on top of that how their energy requirements change and then what their goals are how their requirements change so um yeah with those kind of people i would love to actually sit down with them and show them that and show them this is what we need to be hitting consistently every day not just monday to friday but every single day and mm. um, i'm showing them that this is your maintenance range for example you are not going to gain body fat by eating this much this mm-hmm. is what's required um, so teaching people that and letting them understand that kind of moving away from the restriction mentality and into the more abundance mentality about, okay, this is how much my body needs to fuel properly and to feel good throughout the day while I'm active. Mm-hmm. So that's For sure. really important. So I want to be respectful of your time because I know we're sort of hitting that that mark. Um, is, there, is there any sort of standout sort of questions that you've got your end no question, but excited to listen to two of my fave nutrition and fitness mentors. <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> um, okay, I've got one question: which um, best types of exercise for female with RA, so rheumatoid arthritis and colitis, both of which are totally under control. I feel like you're gonna say strength training and just obviously something that's respectful of the joints and mobility so definitely rest days for someone like that would be so important someone who's got those sort of inflammatory conditions happening but did you want to yeah yeah i am definitely going to say strength training for that one and as if your condition is well managed then we can absolutely get you in the gym training following a program and being mindful of your your abilities but your strength training by getting stronger it's actually going to improve your condition over time Mm -hmm. as well yep yeah, agreed. Um, I think we, I feel like we have answered this, but how to know if you're eating enough or not too much when training? I find it so hard to find balance. Um, I feel like we kind of have yeah. covered that. Is there anything else you want to add there, though? Very common, and and that's exactly what I do with the girls. Yeah. And yeah. I want work that out for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, this one I feel like is interesting. I, can I do hit training if I suffer from Hashimoto's? I feel like this might be even more one for Jess and I than. But I feel like, again, just coming back to what we talked about with HIIT training at the start and Hashimoto's being a stressed out thyroid condition. Mm. Yeah. Do you want to say anything before I just totally say everything? <laughs> before you jump in, I'm just going to say, again, coming back to strength training, coming back to what is the goal and why do you need to be doing the high intensity um, every single day and how often do you need to do that? So I would definitely incorporate two or three days of strength training and follow that consistently and let the body calm down on the rest days and don't be pushing yourself through too much this is actually a really good question something we haven't covered at all but um trying to concede best training mm. strength training <laughs> <laughs> this is like if you had multiple choice and you just strength yeah, training yeah, strength with c you just go c c c c c yeah <laughs> I think we've really, like, it's interesting what people are asking different 
obviously specific conditions, but what we've highlighted through talking about this is how this type of training is about being individualized for each person, but also the benefits of how it supports the body, supports the hormones, supports the nervous system in the right way. So of course it makes sense that it's the better way to go about it, but then how do you incorporate with respect to what you enjoy, if you like a bit of HIIT training, if you like a run, if whatever it is, your yoga, like how do you incorporate that as well without um, flogging your body too much? So, you know, I, yeah. I think it's interesting how it all sort of comes back full circle. Yeah. This is like strength training. <laughs> and, well, I, I do, I want that to be everyone's foundation, okay? Mm. So I really want every woman to feel comfortable in the weights area. Go in and lift weights. You can take up space there. That is for mm. everyone. Um, have that as your foundation. And then from there, find out what else you may want to incorporate. Um, but being consistent with it and having patience, having a growth mindset and playing the long-term game, I think are key as well. Yeah. Fan bloody tastic. Well, we might end it there unless there was anything else that you wanted to add specifically before we wrap up. I think that's all. Yeah. I'd love there's so much more we could go into. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Can can you, of of course, though, let our listeners know where they can find you and find more about you? Yes, sure. So um, Instagram is the best place, Michelle Mar Fitness on Instagram. Um, You'll see me hanging out there. (laughs) (laughs) See her lovely face. Hear her beautiful accent. You can also head to the JCN team area too and you'll see Michelle um, and you can click on the link that'll take you to her website because we have um, tied her down as part of the team. I haven't let her leave. She's she's left the building, but she hasn't left the fold. <laughs> is that is that in the website or in the, in, on our Instagram? On, no, no, on our JCN website. She's still on the oh, team as our, pro- as our recommended yeah. trainer. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not letting you leave. Exactly. We've got our claws in you. <laughs> well, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. So. Uh, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time. This has just been fantastic. And if anyone has any questions, particularly about this this area, please hit up Michelle. I'm sure she'll be more than happy. I'll just say that without asking you, but I'm sure you would be more than happy if anyone DMs you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, more than happy to talk and on a more individual level if people want to, no problem at all. Yeah. And thank you, Jess, and thanks for for having me on. No so worries. Good so good to see you. Yeah. Have Bye. a great day. Thanks, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.